Amen. Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. Shall we all arise as we worship God in spirit and truth and declare that this is the day that he has made and we will choose to rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Love it all. 
more time. Hallelujah.
time life is worth.
presence, Lord, for you are in our own midst, Jesus. We gather in your name. We'll spend eternity long worshiping you. Bless your name. You're awesome in all your ways. You are the minister of the sanctuary. Thank you for ministering to us today by your presence. We give you honor. Let the river of living water flow through you. for the refreshing that comes from your presence. Hallelujah. Let's continue to worship this morning as you have a seat, please. We're going to continue worship with another way that uh, Abraham worshiped. Hallelujah. Let's uh, have Genesis 22 at the top. Verse 1, it says, And now it came to pass after these things that God spoke to Abraham. He says, Abraham, Abraham said, Here I am. He's speaking to us today. And God said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. You notice I stopped here. And go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I tell you. Amen? Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place far off. Verse 5, and Abraham said to his young man, stay here with the donkey. Eventually he took the trip. And I, the lad and I, which is Isaac, I will go yonder and worship. And we will come, we, we will come back <laughs> to you. Glory to Jesus. So here Abraham, when he spoke, when he said, I and the lad will go yonder and we will come back. He releases faith that the sacrifice that God, the Lord, that the things that he loved, the one only son that he has, everything he loved, he said, we will come back uh, with him. And he, ge he gave, oh, sorry, I missed here. Uh, it was an act of obedience that Abraham did, and he called it worship. Giving is an act of worship. Giving what God asks you to is an act of worship. And here, when after I was uh, today this morning, I noticed when God spoke to Abraham, he said, he responded. He says, here I am. Then he told him, I will show you where to go. And after three days, after why Abraham got it, he lifted his eyes and saw the place. So God could speak to us. But we need a time where to pause and lift our eyes to see where he's going to tell us. 
to sacrifice. He's going to tell us where to give because the place where he tells us to give is where is the blessing. Where is that going to be the provision? He told him to go, and we know what Abraham went up to sacrifice. As soon as he wanted to kill his son, there was a provision there, and that was the lamb caught in the thicket. But we already have Jesus. He is the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. So we, when we obey God, there is always an instant provision there. When we are willing to look up and see where God wants us to go sacrifice, to give everything he tells us to give, because of obedience, there's always a provision this, and it's already provided Jesus. So when you give, give knowing there's a provision back. Hallelujah. And also, God will give you back not according to what we give. He will give you according to your inheritances in Christ Jesus. He said in Luke 6.38, if you can have it up, when you give, he said, it will not, I'll give you exactly as you give. He said, give, and it will be given back to you. Who will give back to you? Him, because you're doing it on obedience to his instruction. He'll give back to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Men will give unto your bosom. You didn't go to ask them, but he said, I will provide. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Here, Abraham, what's the measure he gave? Everything. He gave the promised son. He gave everything he loved. You know, uh, he, that means we cannot withhold anything from God. There's always Jesus sacrificed himself. And if we obey, he is there. And God, according to his word, he said, when you give, it will be given to you. I will cause men to give into your bosom. He said also there's uh, that the unrighteous will save to give to the righteous. So don't worry about how God is going to do it. Just obey. But when he speaks to you, look and see. Lift up to your eyes and see where he wants you to give. Amen? Anywhere, anytime you are in a, in a service, wherever ministry you are attending, look to God and let him show you where to give and what to give. Amen? So just today is a special day for me and Pastor Ian because today is February 11 and it marks 27 years since the Lord gave Pastor Ian the vision and the assignment to take the Lord's Mystery House Ministry of God's grace, righteousness, the fear of the Lord into the world. And it is reflected in the globe, if you know the Lord's Mystery House, is a tree that sprang out from the earth and spread all over the world. And that branches, it was a net. A net that's going to, we know net represents when Jesus said, throw the net on the right side, there was a lot of fish. Fish is souls of men that need still to come to glory, to become sons of God. Amen. So today I invite you to participate in giving to the Lord's Ministry House to spread that net all over the world with the message that gave us 27 years ago. So we thank you for it in advance on behalf of the Lord because it's his vision and what he purpose it will come to pass. So we thank you in advance on his behalf and there's many ways you can give. You can do an e-transfer. If you are in Canada, to info at tlmh.ca, you can go to the website 
and there's a button to give there. So uh, we thank you for it again. And if you are on location, please raise your hand if you want an envelope and somebody will serve you. We have also an app. You can download the app from the App Store. It's called TLMACA, and you can give from there. Pastor Ian is invited to come pray, pray over the seed that been to be sown here and online. So when you give, when you are giving, release your faith. As Abraham said, me and the lad will come back. That seed I'm sowing is coming back. But according to the new covenant, which is good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over. Hallelujah. And say, Father, you are faithful. You are faithful. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the name Pastor of the Lord. Ian, go ahead, Thank pray you, over Lord. the seat zone and take over. Father, we give you praise and glory, thanksgiving and honor. Lord, you are faithful, and your people are faithful. And Lord, you say the faithful ones, they will abound in blessing. Father, as they give today, they give not as unto men, but as unto the Lord. Here in the natural, men receive. Men receive tithes. Men receive the offerings. Men receive the first fruits. But there, Jesus receives it. For you said, whatever we do, in the name of Jesus, even a cup of water. We did it not to the least of these, but we did it unto you. So, Father, today as we give, we just want to thank you for your grace. We want to thank you, Lord Jesus, that you receive it. Because our seeds and our gifts are a demonstration of our love for you. It's a demonstration of your lordship, not only over our lives, but over our finances. And so, Lord, as we give, we invite you to be involved in the financial affairs of our life. And we declare that your word, your word is fulfilled. Your promises are true. And so, in the name of Jesus, not that we give that we sow us to get. We give because we love you. But we do have an expectation based on your word. And so, we give in faith. And so, I thank you, Lord God, that there is a grace and there is a release of anointing and power and provision in the lives of your people so that you give them supernatural divine favor, not only with yourself, but with men, so that men give into their bosom. Father God, there are those that need to be part of their lives to help them in their destiny so that in their giving, even as they give, they are sowing seeds into their destiny, into their future. So that their giving is going to cause all manner of grace, not only in the financial arena, but in other areas as well, to abound towards them. So that they would have all sufficiency and be able to abound to every good work. So Father, I thank you for your anointing, your anointing of increase, your anointing of prosperity, the blessing of the Lord that make it rich and adds no sorrow with it. I declare this word over your people and over their giving in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Now the word today does have to do with finances and money and prosperity. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, let's just stand just for a moment. La barakasakataba. Pray in the Holy Ghost just for a moment. Nika rasa tatakayaba. Lengando rokoko sokuriandaya. You see, why we pray in the Holy Ghost? Because we need help. We need help. And He is a helper. 
He is the helper. We need help. We need help for understanding. We need help. We need the wisdom of God. We need help. We need the utterance of God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now believe God with me. The scripture says in Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 6. That when there is that knowledge comes easily to the one that has understanding. And so we look to God right now for understanding. That the eyes of our understanding would be open. Because only when it is, only then would the spirit of wisdom and revelation operate. And Lord, we do need wisdom. We do need knowledge. Because it is through wisdom that a house is built. And through understanding it is established. But by knowledge, the rooms are filled with plenty. And Lord, we need the knowledge of your word. We need the insights. We need the understanding. We need to know what steps we need to take. What we are to do. So that the harvest of increase will come into our lives. That we might possess our possessions. For the inheritance has already been given. It belongs to us. We have already been blessed with every spiritual blessing. You have already given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. But now, Lord, we need to have it manifested. So we need your understanding. And we need knowledge. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's have a seat. Whoa. (laughs) I felt like I could have just, just... in a spirit of prophecy, just preach the whole message. But anyway, <laughs> I think we need to do some teaching. Amen? Woo, glory to God. But boy, that was tempting. <laughs> anyway, hallelujah. Help me, Lord. All right, okay, okay. I got to get it together. I need to get it together. Amen? Praise the Lord. All right, anyway, um, this is actually part six of the series we've been teaching, which is, your advancement strategy this year, whereby you could come up higher in a number of areas. The area that we're going to focus on today is, is in the financial arena. For you to have the financial increase, what is the strategy for you to come up higher in this arena? Now, the entire teaching is based on, or rather I should say is inspired by Revelation chapter 4, where, where, where John In a vision saw this open door in heaven and a voice that thundered saying, come up higher and I will show you things. And so as we come up higher in this financial arena, there are doors that are open that no man can close. And there are things that you're going to see and areas you're going to walk in that would have otherwise not have been available to you. So the need to come up high in this financial arena is very necessary. Amen? All right, now, let's settle a couple of things very early. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to prosper. Third John 2 says, I wish above all things that you might prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. 
It says in Psalms 35, verse 27, let them shout for joy and be glad. Who favor God's righteous cause and let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified. Who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. God wants you to prosper. Blessed be his name forevermore. Now there are three fundamental reasons why God wants you to prosper. Number one, <laughs> now this, uh, uh, you know, uh, this might, I don't know, how, this might sound as if it's selfish, but God loves you. And the scripture says in, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, that God gives you all things richly to enjoy. Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. It says, God will cause all grace to abound towards you so that you might have all sufficiency and abound onto every good work. In other words, God wants you to prosper for you. God wants you to prosper because he wants you to be comfortable. He wants you to be able to have enough to even abound to every good work. So God wants to prosper you for that reason. And, he, and, 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 and for you to become sufficient in his sufficiency. The second reason God wants you to prosper is so that you can financially support the kingdom of God, the work of the Lord, you know, the ministries and, 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 and so on. They have an assignment. There is an assignment to take this gospel to the uttermost parts of the earth to help people and so on and so forth, to pay for satellite, to pay for this, etc., etc. So God has God wants you to prosper as you favor his righteous cause so that you can support his cause of the preaching of the gospel. In other words, God wants you to prosper for yourself and your family, but God wants you to prosper for the sake of the kingdom. Amen. Not only for the sake of the kingdom, but I like to say for them, for others. In other words, so that you could be a blessing to other people. It might be to the city, city. it might be to some charitable cause, it, but that you might be a blessing to the poor. Amen? That you would be the hands that would feed the poor. That you would abound unto every good work. It says in Proverbs 19 verse 17, He that gives to the poor lends to the Lord. Proverbs 22, verse 9, he who has a generous eye will be blessed, for he gives his bread to the poor. So God wants us to have, not only so that we might be blessed and we would be comfortable, but that we would be able to support the work of the Lord, that we would be a blessing to others, including the poor. All right. Now, also, now listen to this here. Now, 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 you really need to capture this because we don't talk about this. We have a, a bit of a wrong mindset about money and finances. But understand this. Whatever you do, God wants, you, wants to be glorified. He wants to be glorified in you. What does this look like in the financial arena? What are we talking about? God is, God basically, you see, the glory of God, it says, let them shout for joy and be glad. Let them say, let the Lord be magnified. When you prosper, when you increase, God looks good. Because he's your father. He's your source. In other words then, your prosperity is a demonstration of the goodness and the kindness and the mercy and the favor 
of God on your life. One of the things about glory, it says in um, Isaiah 35 verse 2, it says about the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God. Your prosperity, and and I mean, remember when Solomon was so prosperous that when the queen of, of Sheba saw him, and saw how his, his servants were, and saw the majesty, and saw how well-dressed and how everything, the Bible says, and then she pretty well passed out. What was the point? You see, in other words, the excellence he was, he was functioning in, it brought glory to God. Well, God wants you to prosper for his glory. Just like in your physical body. It says your body is the temple of the living God. You are not your own. You've been bought with a price. Glorify God in your body. Does it not say so? Amen? So God is glorified as we walk in divine health. Well, God is also glorified as we walk in this arena of prosperity. Our lives is to be for the glory of God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 7 says that in the ages to come, that in the ages to come, and that was said ages ago, that means that's now. That we, might, that, that we might see, that it might be, that we will literally be in display and they will be able to see how loving and how kind and how gracious God has been unto us. So don't feel apologetic about, about prospering. Just don't set your eyes on it. Amen? But understand it is the will of God that you might prosper you know, the scripture says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15, it says, Timothy, Paul says to Timothy, meditate upon the word, give yourself wholly unto them, and then shall your profiting appear unto all. So don't feel, don't, don't, don't get self-righteous, nor, nor get self-conscious, or, 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 or get some kind of reverse humility about your prosperity. It's okay to prosper. Just make sure that you have things in line. Just make sure that you know the source. Just make sure that God is glorified, all right? All right. Now, question, how will you prosper and come up higher? How will you prosper and come up higher and increase financially? Now, let me say this straight up front, and I want you to capture this. Remember, the main thing out of this message, what you have to have is understanding. And the truth of the matter is, there are some religious traditions that come from, the, um, come, come from the vain conversations of men that are a hindrance in this arena of financial prosperity. Now, we may not be able to hit them specifically and directly as we do in the realm of healing. However, but they are still very real. So open up your heart, open up your mind, set yourself that, hey, Lord, I want understanding. Are you with me? Now... In the, in the, the question is how are you going to prosper? Now, in the physical realm, if we ask the question, how are you going to walk in divine health? How, well, there is a natural perspective when it comes to healing that says you got to eat right. That says you should drink a lot of water. Amen? That says you should exercise. And those things are valid, are they not? But those things are not going to stop you from getting cancer. Those things are not going to cause you to walk in divine health. Because there is a supernatural dimension when it comes to the area of walking in divine health, wherein you got to know what are the laws of the spirit of life in Christ that can make you free from the law of sin and death, sickness and disease, and know how to apply them. You need to know how to cause the same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead to quicken your mortal body. You got to know these things and apply these things, and then when you do, you can walk in divine health. 
Well, I'm saying that when it comes to healing, there is the natural side, but there is a supernatural side. Well, in the financial arena, there is a natural side like you got to work. Amen? Like laziness is not a blessing, it's a curse. There is that practical side. You know, you got to be wise in terms of your, the use of your finances and everything else. Now, that being said, there is also the spiritual side that supersedes the natural. That is the reason for, okay. So, if we're talking about prospering God's way, you can prosper the world's way by, by becoming a crack or a drug dealer. By, 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 by swindling folks, by operating in ungodly manners in somebody. But no, we're talking about prospering God's way. And we are not limiting it to the natural means, nor are we ignoring that the natural principles do apply, okay? All right. Now, but what are we talking about? A prospering God's way. Well, for instance, the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord, it says, in, it says in Proverbs 10 verse 22, that the blessing of the Lord make it rich and it adds no sorrow with it. That is talking about an anointing and a power from God that is independent of your labor, your sweat, how many hours you put in. Remember, Adam when the curse came, he was going to eat his bread in sorrow. Well, the blessing of the Lord makes you rich and it adds no sorrow with it. Now, without getting into the entirety, to, to the blessing of the Lord to some great degree, but I want you to know if this stuff is real. Listen to what it says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, but particularly verse 14. Verse 13 says how Jesus, when he hung up on that cross, he redeemed us from the curse of the law. What for? So that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. And it didn't finish there. That the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, the promise of the Spirit. Now I say that, be, uh, the reason I have to put that in there is because unfortunately, we sometimes run away with the blessing as this, some supernatural magic thing that causes increase. And there is an anointing connected to it. The anointing is part of the blessing. But the, uh, the, the, the blessing will come right down to the ministry and the, the, the power of the Holy Ghost. It's the promise of the Spirit. You say, well, what does that have to do with prosperity? Well, Isaiah chapter 48 verse 17 says that, that he, the Holy Ghost, will teach you to profit. And he will lead you in the way in which you should go. He will lead you in the path of righteousness. And he will cause you to inherit substance. And he will cause, if you listen to him, he said he will cause your righteousness and your prosperity to come like the waves of the sea. Are you with me? It was the blessing of the Lord that caused the, the, the disciples in Luke chapter 5 that had fished all night and they didn't catch anything with all their fishermen's experience. But however, at the obedience of Jesus' word to cast their net, the scripture says they got a whole bunch of fish at a time of the day which was not a good time to be catching fish. Why? It was the blessing of the Lord that produced that. I say all of that, which is connected to the Holy Ghost, which is connected to the anointing. I'm saying that God has got a system for us to prosper. And it includes, and, and it is about the Holy Ghost, it's about the, the blessing of the Lord, or I should say the Holy Ghost, or the blessing of the Lord slash the Holy Spirit, slash the anointing. But it is also the Word of God, say the Word of God. The word of God. All right. Now, just to give us a, 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 a clue. Now, I want you to begin to think spiritual. Say, I think spiritually. I'm spiritually minded. 
All right. Third John 2 says, Beloved, I wish, I desire that above all things, that you might prosper and be in health, even as your what? Soul prosper. In other words, you're going to prosper, and it's in accordance to your soul prospering. That's the clue right there. Because that is telling you that this, that this prosperity, this prosperity, this financial increase is directly connected to your soul prospering. That means your mind, your will, your emotion prospering. Your mind, your will, and your emotion lining up with the spirit of God, with the word of God. Your will has got to be submitted to God. Amen? To him, to his purposes. Your emotions, and I, I, I want your emotions, but we're going to talk about the renewing your mind. But what about your emotions? Do they matter? Is this part of your soul? Does it say that as God as your soul prosper? Does it say with receive with meekness the engrafted word that it might save your what? Soul? Does that include your emotion? Does your emotions matter? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. You know, in a sense, this says if you are out there and, you are, and it's harvest time, but you're tired and you're faint, you can't reap. Amen? But on the other hand, it says, with joy do we draw from the wells of salvation. Because there's a strength in joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Here is the point. When, you, when, when emotions are negative, they will literally short circuit the anointing. When, you, when your emotions are, when you're stressed out and you're anxious and you're fearful, those things are like, uh, uh, it's like it's like it short circuits the electricity of the anointing to prosper. Let me put it this way: joy is the effect of faith. It is joy is the effect of faith, and it is the effect that comes from having a, a positive expectation of a good outcome. Does that make sense? Are you with me? So, in other words, when when you don't have a positive expectation. When you don't have, um, when your faith is not operating, when when you're in doubt and anxiety, that's not faith. And faith is going to be, it it is by faith that it might be by grace. So so do not believe the the, the deception that your emotions do not matter. They do matter. With joy do you draw from the wells of salvation. That salvation includes prosperity. Psalms 126 verse 5 says about them, they sow in tears, but they reap in what? Joy. Joy is part of the harvesting um, power and anointing and, and, and grace that, that God has put in your spirit. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So, what is the clue? The clue is this here. How does this prosperity happen? It is as your soul prospers. Your mind, your will, your emotions. And... <laughs> Right? But where is this prosperity in your soul coming from? It's the word of God. Say the word of God. James chapter 1 verse 21 says, Receive with meekness the engrafted word. Let the word become engrafted. Let the word of God become you. Let the word be made flesh in you. Receive with meekness the engrafted word, and it is able to save your soul. Well, how does that word become engrafted 
to deliver your soul and bring it in underneath the government of the Holy Spirit by meditating in the Word, by feeding on the Word, by studying the Word, by interacting with the Word perpetually, by developing an intimate relationship with the Word of God. We talked about that last week. And especially developing an intimate relationship with the Word as it pertains to the financial arena. Are you with me? All right, let me, give you, let me give you a few scriptures here. Psalms 19, reading from verse 7. We're talking about restoring, redeeming, uh, um, the transformation that needs to take place in your soul so that it, the mind, will, and emotions could come underneath the government of the Holy Spirit. Psalm 19, reading from verse 7 to 11. It says, and the law of the Lord is perfect, converting, converting, transforming the soul. The testimony of the Lord, which is the word, is sure, making wise the simple. The statues of the Lord, that's the word, they are right, rejoicing their heart. Look at the impact, emotion, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord, that's the word, is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgment of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. Yea, than much gold. This word of God is more desirable than much gold. The word was found and I ate it. And it was the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. The word of God is more valuable to me than my most, than, 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 than my most needful food. Something like that it says. And more to be desired are they than gold. Yea, than much gold. Sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover. By them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Say great reward. What is this coming from? It is coming from the interaction of between you and the word of God which is alive. God and his word are one. The word of God, God has poured himself into his word. God has put his, the wisdom that he has, he's put it into his word. The word of God is as powerful as God is powerful. The word of God is alive. The word of God has discernment. The word of God has wealth and riches. And so when that word can be when you when I, when you can take that word and break it apart and open it up and dump whatever is in it into you what happens wisdom comes power comes riches comes amen psalms 112 it is the word that, that this is the major this is the major key psalms 112 praise the lord Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. That's his word. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house. Why? Because he delighted greatly in the word. Psalms, Psalms 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the path of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. That's the word. And in, his, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaves also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Say whatever shall prosper. So the point is, you must, you must develop an ever-increasing intimate relationship with the Word of God. 
You got to develop a relationship with the word of God as if the word of God was a real person. You got to develop a relationship with the word of God where the word of God is like a mother, where the word of God is like a father, where the word of God is like a close friend, where the word of God, where the word of God is the master, where the word of God is your Lord, where the word of God is like your teacher. You've got to develop an intimate relationship with the word of God. And listen to what James chapter 1, reading from verse, well, I want to read verse 25, but I'm going to read up to it. Is that okay? But be a, do, verse 22, be a doer of the word. Mary said, whatever he said to you, do it. Amen, you can turn water into wine. <laughs> but be a doer of the word and not just a hearer. Only deceiving yourself. Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and he's not a doer, he is like a man that observes his natural face in a mirror. And he observes himself. But then he goes away from the mirror and immediately he forgets what manner of man he was. He forgot what he saw in the mirror of the word of God. But he who looks into that perfect law of liberty... The word of God is the perfect law of liberty. The word of God has the power within it to produce liberty in any and every area of their life. It is the perfect law of liberty. Why? Because Jesus said, whom the son sets free is free indeed. And Jesus is the word made flesh. Are you with me? Jesus is the word made flesh. Jesus put upon himself, the word took upon itself flesh. And God sent the word into this world. And the word did not return void. But the word accomplished that which it pleased. And the word finished it. It accomplished the purpose for which it was sent. That's the reason why you and I have victory over sickness and disease and poverty and lack and oppression and every curse because he destroyed the works of the devil. What did? The word of God. Hallelujah. Get this, capture this, this word. Don't see this word as, as ink on a paper. You've got to see this word is alive. It is sharper than many two-edged sword. It is piercing even to the dividing of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. That means you could have gone through the Holocaust and the word of God can get into the realm of your emotion and uproot all of that woundedness. Whatever happened in the past. Whoever's been, been raped, this has happened, that has happened. When I was growing up, I was locked in a kennel like an animal. The word of God can penetrate to the dividing of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. Everything is naked and defenseless before it. I pray that it's not just, yes, thank God for understanding, but I pray that the spirit of this will capture you in the name of Jesus. So, James says, if anyone is be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Okay, he who observes himself goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into that perfect law of liberty and continues in it, stays in it, he's not a forgetful hero. But, but even if he walks away from that mirror, that image is with him. He's still hearing it. He's still seeing it. He's not a forgetful hearer. But he's a doer of the work. That work of transformation. This one that does not walk away and forget. But sees what he sees in the law of liberty. Binds himself to it. 
This one shall prosper in whatever he does. He is blessed. He is empowered to prosper. The word of God is the vehicle that causes your prosperity. Like I said, you got to think spiritual. Don't see it as, I'm not saying you don't have to sweat. I'm not saying that, you, that, that, that if you work in a 12-hour shift, you have to work eight hours. No, I'm not saying that you don't have to work hard. I'm not saying, but I am saying there is a dimension. It's the same thing if you were talking about healing. Yes, you need to eat well. Okay, you're not getting enough vitamins by the, by, you know, the system that we have with the tomatoes and the fruits and the vegetables. Go ahead, get a vitamin supplement. But I am going to say if I was talking about healing and health, that's not where your confidence needs to be. You need, your confidence needs to be in the bread of life. Jesus says, if you eat this bread, you'll never hunger. Because my body is meat indeed. You partake of what this common union is that you have in what was in that shed blood and in this broken body. And you shall never die. <laughs> that's another one. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Glory to God. He has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. 2 Timothy 1 verse 10. Life and immortality. Immunity to death. So that that law of death can be overcome with the law of the spirit of life that is in Christ. That is the portion that we are called to. Now you don't live in that based on what you eat and drink. Well, in the, but same thing in this prosperity arena. God is saying, look here, this is the vehicle. It's the word of God. It is going to be according as your soul prosper. Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 21 says, that's word of God when you have it day and night, day and night, wrapped around your arm and your front. It's going to cause you to have days of heaven on earth. If this is, look, the scripture teaches whosoever will. That cannot be true. If it only works in North America, if it only works if you're this ethnicity or that, et- no, it's got to be for whosoever. This word of God is so powerful, it ought to prosper you if you're in jail like, like, um, like Joseph was. Are you with me? All right. So let's settle it. It's the word of God, is the vehicle. For you to come up higher financially. So, hmm. Halakata Say the word of God. Say, I believe God's word. Proverbs chapter 8, reading from verse 17, says this I love those who love me. Now, this is the word of God talking to you. Remember, the word of God is real, it's a real person. Amen? And he says, I love those that love me. Right? Can I put this in here? Right? This is from a different place, but you know, when it says in John 15, verse 7, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. You know what that scripture is saying? If you abide in me, if you me remain vitally hooked up and, 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 and bound together with me, and my word abide in you and I abide in you, you're going to ask whatever you will and it shall be done unto you. That is saying, that is basically saying, the word of God is saying to you, if you obey me, I'm going to obey you. You do what I say and I'm going to do what you say. 
Does that sound like a good deal? <laughs> All right. Anyway, so let's get back over here. Romans 8 verse 17. So the word of God says, I love those who love me. And those who seek me diligently, they're going to find me. Riches and honor are with me. Enduring riches and righteousness. Oh, that reminds me of the inheritance that you've been born again to. According to 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4, that you've been born again to an inheritance that is incorruptible, that is undefiled, that faded not away, an, an inheritance where thieves cannot break in and steal, where it cannot be touched by inflation, deflation, or any kind of Asian. It's enduring riches and righteousness. My food is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I traverse or I travel in the way of righteousness. Why? In the midst of the paths of justice. Why? That I might cause those who love me to inherit wealth. Divine prosperity does not come by the sweat of your brow. It comes primarily by inheritance. Amen? That's another word. Glory to God. Man, I'm working on this myself, all right? <laughs> Check back with me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, if the word of God is, is what we're saying it is, and it is what we're saying it is, then Acts 19.20 is very applicable. The word of the Lord grew mightily, and it prevailed. So, you have got to interact with the word of God in such a manner that it will prevail. It will prevail. It will prevail over lack. It will prevail over insufficiency. It will prevail over poverty. Now, whatever areas you choose to decide I need to come up higher and you get a hold of the wisdom of God, these, this is what I need to do, that's great. But then there's two things that are going to be necessary all the time. Number one, discipline. And number two, diligence. It's the diligent soul that shall be made fat. You got to be diligent to make the calling and your election sure, it says. And when you are, there's a broad door that will open for you to enter and function in the kingdom of God. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10 and 11. So, the word of God must prevail. You got to make it prevail. Jesus said in John 13, verse 17, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Now, there are two things that must be in place. Two things that you've got to know and embrace and understand. Two things in order to prosper God's way. Say God's way. Right? We've mentioned the fact that your mind needs to be renewed. Well, here are two things where your mind needs to be renewed. Number one, what you need, which is this. You are, huh, the issue of redemption. The issue of redemption. All right? The one side of redemption is this that you need to know. Two sides to redemption in this context. Number one, you are redeemed from. Say I'm redeemed from. You are redeemed from the curse, the curse of poverty. You studied Deuteronomy 28, poverty and lack is a curse. You could check this out, I don't have time to go there, but Ecclesiastes 9, verse 15 to 16, is a shocking set of verses that talks about a poor man, a poor man that literally saved the city. But time went by, man, they forgot who he was. Why? Because his voice is not heard. There are people that will not listen to you just because you're, you're in a place of lack and insufficiency. It might not be fair, but that's the reality. Poverty is a curse. Amen? 
Money answers many things, it says. Oh, right, but Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law. Be made a curse. For curse is everyone that hangs on the tree. Galatians 3.13. So you need to know that no matter what my circumstances might be, I am redeemed from the curse. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9 says, You know the grace of the Lord Jesus. Even though he was rich for your sakes, he became poor. Why? So that you through his poverty might be made rich. So number one, what are you? You are red- There are two sides to the redemption. One, you are redeemed from. Say from. And then the other side is you're redeemed unto. Say unto. Amen? Now, this applies in every area. This applies in the healing area and in other areas. Right now, we're talking about finances. But, but let's talk about the unto because sometimes we don't talk about the unto. I don't know about you, but I like the unto. Do you like the unto? <laughs> All right. Revelation chapter 5, reading from verse, from verse mm, 8. Now, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden, and golden boughs of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open the seals for you were slain and you have redeemed us to God. Said to God. You have redeemed us to God. Unto to God, how? By your blood. Out of every tribe, out of every tongue, out of every people, out of every nation. In other words, then, the new you, the new, you are redeemed out of, your identity is no longer with race and gender and culture and language. I'm French, I'm Spanish, I grew up here. No, 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 that's in the natural. But remember, say I'm spiritual. You are redeemed out of those things and you are redeemed on to God. All right. And have made us kings and priests to our God. That's your new identity. And we who are kings and priests unto God that have been redeemed out of and redeemed unto, we shall reign in this earth. Glory to God. We've received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Why? That we might reign in this life as kings through Christ Jesus. Which means what? As kings because of the sacrifice. Because of what Jesus did. Okay, it's not done. So then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around around the throne. Living creatures and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Say, I got a lot of angels. All right. (laughs) Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive. All right. To receive. Say to receive. Now, hear me now. Catch this. Jesus, when he was raised up from the dead and he was made to sit at the father's right hand. And God made him heir of all things. And God gave him a most excellent name. Listen carefully. When Jesus was raised up, according to Ephesians 2 verse 5 and 6, you were raised up together with him. Isn't that not right? And you were made to sit together with him in heavenly places. So when God said to Jesus, all things are yours. I make you heir of all things. And I give you a most excellent name that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow. When God said that to Jesus, 
he also said that to you. You were in him. You are a recipient of exactly what Jesus was given to him. Why? And that's why it says you are what? Joint heir with Christ. Is that correct? Okay. So whatever was given to Jesus belongs to you. That's why you have got the authority of the name of Jesus. And we could go on from there. So pay attention to whatever Jesus got here, okay? Because whatever Jesus got, I got. Glory to God. Oh, man, you're going to be so rich by the time you get out of here. <laughs> Woo, glory, glory. All right. So anyway, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Now, I could go through every one of them, and you can do it as an assignment, as homework, and see each one of those things that you have already gotten them. You've got the blessing. All right? Jesus said, Father, the glory you have given me, I've given them. You've got the glory. What else is in there? The power. The same power that raised up Christ from the dead is not power inside of you. What about the riches and glory? It doesn't let's say in Ephesians 3 and verse 8, how that about the unsearchable riches of Christ? And on and on and on. Okay, say I got it. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. You know, if you ask me how, how, how am I doing, ask me how I'm doing. Oh, man, man. Man. Ah, man, it looks like it's going to get worse before it gets better. No, ask me again. I am forever blessed. I am forever blessed. Why would I say that? Because Romans 9 verse 5 says Jesus that he is forever blessed. And I happen to know that I'm a joint heir with him. You are a joint heir with him. So if he is forever blessed, you are forever blessed. Amen? All right. So capture this. You are redeemed out of, you are redeemed unto, that means you, have, you need to capture this right here, right now. You got to get every spirit of poverty and lack off of you. You got to get it off of you. Can I share something personal for a moment? Is that okay? <laughs> I drive around the place I have and I still do, and I'll see the gas prices. I could tell you where the best gas prices are, right? Uh, and I can tell you where the deals are and this and that. My wife could tell you I do the shopping, okay? And so I had this thing about gas prices, and the Lord told me. The Lord spoke to me about it. Not that I, I, I must not take the right gas price, but to stop complaining about the price of gas. He told me that, Right? You heard it before? <laughs> okay. Well, he did tell me that, okay? <laughs> to stop complaining about gas prices. Now, it does not mean that if I see it's cheaper over here than it is over there, and I got to drive fast there, I'm not going to get it. If I happen to know that in the nighttime, the prices are going to low, it doesn't mean, but he says, stop complaining about it. Stop murmuring. What was he trying to point out? He was saying to me, get that spirit of poverty and lack off of yourself. 
He's not telling you to spend money you don't have. But don't talk poverty. Don't talk lack. Don't talk insufficiency. If you got to say anything, say the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Hallelujah. Now here is the deal. Now I'm, here is the deal. The fact of the matter is you already have all the prosperity that you can ever use, that you can ever desire. You have got it all. Even beyond what you can conceive. Now, I'm going to rattle a bunch of scriptures to you, okay? If you got to come back and listen to the tape, do. But I just want you to convince you right now that you are so wealthy. Jesus said he became poor that you might be made rich. He did it. Well, you know what? It must be the one down there. Halabaka rebekuta bakatandaya. This word needs to go out. This is the truth. And the truth sets you free. Titus 1 verse 2 says, it is impossible for God to lie. God cannot lie. Now I'm going to give you just a number of scriptures that are really, and the objective is I want to convince you if I can by the spirit of God, how prosperous, how blessed, how rich you are. All right. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3. It says, God has given unto you all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Romans 8 verse 32. When God gave you Jesus, with him he also gave you all things. First Corinthians chapter 3, 21 to 23. It says, all things are yours. It even says the world is yours. Do you know that you are an heir of the world? God who gives you has given you everything. Has even given you himself. Oh man, how much richer can it get? Jesus said in, in, in Luke 12 verse 32, it, that, the, it is, that uh, my little children, don't be afraid. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And guess what? In Luke chapter 17 verse 21, he said the kingdom of God is in you. Amen? Are we good now? Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, glory to God. So the kingdom of God is in you. You are being removed out of the kingdom of darkness and you are in the kingdom of God, dear son. First Peter 1 verse 4. You've been born again to an inheritance that is incorruptible, undefiled, that faded not away. Ephesians 1 verse 11. You have obtained that inheritance. All of that stuff. You've got it. You've got to say I got it. Now, how does this stuff work? Even when the circumstances and the appearances and the feelings and, 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 and the history and when all of those other things do not agree that you are so wealthy and so prosperous, how does it work? It's a good question. Amen? But remember, understanding. Say, I got to have understanding. All right, so let's go one step further now. Ephesians chapter 1, this is a clue. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says, that God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Ephesians 3 verse 8 says, all, it says um, what, is the ex, what is the exceeding riches and surpassable extensive riches of Christ? All right. 
But listen to it. He bless you with every spiritual blessing where? In heavenly places in Christ. Here, capture this here now. It's like all of the everything that God has given unto you. All of this prosperity and riches has been given to you in, uh, in spirit form, if, so to speak. In spirit form. It's like, you know, if God wanted you to become a, a great farmer of oak trees, he wouldn't just give you a whole bunch of oak trees. He'll give you a bucket full of seeds of oak tree seeds. Amen? I, that might not be as good an analogy. But anyway, the spiritual equivalent to every bit of riches God has already given it to you and you have it and it's in your spirit. That word is spirit. That word is life. You already got it. Now, so in the spirit you got it all. This is why Hebrews, no, this understanding. You've got to get understanding. This is where you need understanding. Because if you don't, and the circumstances contradict, then you're going to fail. And you're going to give up. And your circumstances will dictate your speech, and your thinking, and your believing, and you're going to short-circuit the very fit operation that is necessary for you to draw from the grace of God. It is of grace that it might be by faith. So you've got to understand this here. All right? Because we are living in this body. Right? And, and, and bills come, and etc., etc., and whatever. The word is spirit and life. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 says, The things that are seen were not made of the things that do appear. The things that are seen were not made from the things that are seen. They were made from the unseen. That which is seen came from the unseen realm. The word is spirit and life. The word of God, Psalms 119 verse 89, is forever settled in heaven. Say it's done. Proverbs, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 3. The works of God were finished from before the foundation of the world. So when you see it's done in the realm of the spirit, so what happened? We walk by faith, not by sight or feeling or reasoning or circumstances or what our experience has been. All right. So now, how then do you get this prosperity to manifest. Say I got it. Because you got it. You've got it all. The question now is. How do I get it here? You see when you know you already got it. You don't have to beg and plead. Amen. When you know you got this much stuff in the bank. You may need to find out. What's the bank account. And you might want to be nice to the teller. But in fact, actually today you can use. Banking machine. You don't have to even deal with the teller. <laughs> you got my point. But the point is. When you know what you got, it's, it's a different operation. It says in Philemon that the communication of your faith becomes effective by acknowledging every good thing that is in you in Christ. When you know what you got, man, that is how you can step out in that arena of faith. All right. So how do you get this to be manifested? What exactly do you need to do? Okay. What have we said so far? Very quickly. God wants you prosperous. Amen. It is his will. God wants you to prosper. God, and God wants to bless you so that you could be a blessing. God, the word of God, that's a vehicle of prosperity. And what else? 
we know that we've been redeemed out of every curse of poverty and lack, and we've been brought into prosperity and abundance. We've come to the conclusion we've got all of the prosperity that we could ever need. Can I give you a verse of scripture? You know how it says in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7 that we've got what? These treasures in earthen vessels. All of that riches is on the inside of you. All right? Listen to this verse of scripture and hear it in a different way than you may have in the past. Matthew chapter 12 verse 35 says, A good man, say in Christ I'm a good man. <laughs> a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. Out of the treasure, it's in here. Say, I got it. It's all in here. All right, so how do you get it out? How do you get this prosperity out of your spirit and for it to come into manifestation in your life? The Lord said this to me one time. Psalms 198 verse 8 and 9 is a verse that means a lot to me. The word of God is forever settled in heaven. And I would quote that verse and so on. And then the Lord said to me this one time. He said, the word of God is forever settled in heaven. And he said to me, but you got to settle it here on earth. Get it? Your healing is settled in heaven, but you got to settle it on earth. All of these promises are yes and amen. They belong to you. You are strong in the Lord, but you got to settle it here on earth. All right. How? One answer. One answer. Faith. Say faith. By faith. Romans 4 verse 16 says, it is, of, it is of faith that it might be by grace. Now you see, grace is what provided everything. You know the grace of the Lord Jesus? Even though he was rich for your sake, he became poor. That you through his poverty might be made rich. The grace of God has provided the abundance of every good thing. Financially. Has provided a healing and a, the grace of God has provided everything. But now it is the faith that takes it, that receives it. Why? Because faith is the what? Substance of things hoped for. Faith will give substance and materiality to what you're just hoping for and perhaps and hopefully visualizing. It will give it substance to bring it into the reality. Faith is the substance. In Acts chapter 26, verse 18, and you could go read the whole thing where Paul said that when God called me and he sent me to the Gentiles and so on and so forth to open up their eyes to turn them from darkness to light. And, and he said this, and, and for them to receive the forgiveness of sins. And he said this, and that they might receive their inheritance by faith. Acts 26, 18. I am saying the one answer as to how this is going to come into manifestation, how are you going to pull it out of your spirit, how are you going to pull it out of those heavenly places, how is going to be by faith. Hebrews 4 verse 2 says, the promise being given to them, it didn't benefit them. Why? It wasn't mixed with faith. The gospel, the good news, oh, it didn't, they didn't mix it with faith. Faith is the way is the key. This is how you're going to get it into manifestation. All right. Now let me put this in a, in a, in a bit of a carnal way in a sense, but I, I'm saying it for impact. It says out of your heart, you're going to bring forth these treasures. Whatever it is you have need of, 
You've got the spiritual equivalent already in your spirit. Which means that car that you need is inside of you. <laughs> Amen. That house, that debt cancellation, the finances for that, for that university tuition, that student look, you've got it in your spirit. You already got it. Are you with me? Now, faith is what it's going to take to give it substance and bring it into manifestation. Are you with me? Okay, so what does that faith look like? What does that faith look like? All right, capture this now. That faith looks like what Jesus has finished in his sacrifice. That faith looks like what Jesus has finished in his sacrifice. Okay. All right. Okay, that faith, what Jesus has finished, that's what the faith looks like. 1 John 5, 4 says, whatever is born of God overcome the world. Does it say that? And then it says, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. What is the victory? Faith is the victory. All right? All right. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Thanks be to God who has given us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. What do you mean God has given us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ? What does that mean? Thanks be to God who has given us the victory by virtue of what Jesus has done. Okay, well what has Jesus done? The sacrifice. Thanks be to God who has given us the victory through the sacrifice. Got it? Victory through the sacrifice. Faith is the victory. Put it together. What are you getting? Faith is confidence. In the sacrifice. Faith is confidence in what Jesus has finished. So when your faith aligns with what Jesus has finished, you're in faith. When your faith aligns with what is settled in heaven. When your faith is aligned with the works were finished. When your faith is aligned. In the financial arena, it is when your faith is aligned in what Jesus has finished where finances are concerned. In the healing area, it's where faith is aligned. It's when your faith is aligned with what? With what, what Jesus has finished in the healing arena. Okay. So, that being the case then, this faith for the financial arena will come by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God, particularly in that area. Does that make sense? It's coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. For that reason, it's still the same thing. The word, is the, the word is the vehicle. And don't forget, faith comes from the word. So, of course, the word got to be the vehicle. If faith is the means by which you, you get a possession of it, then, and faith comes from the word, of course. So, Paul says in Acts chapter 20, verse 32, I commend you to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you your inheritance. In other words, the word of God can deliver the inheritance that is already yours. It can deliver it to you. Amen. So, alignment. Let's go back to this alignment. Because my faith needs to work right. But I'm saying this, your faith has got to align with the sacrifice. It's got to align with the word of God. It's got to align with what is finished. Here it is, verse of scripture. Right? And I'm not going to go all the way to the end of this, but I'm going to try to finish this point. And then we're going to shut it down. 
1 Corinthians 1 verse 18 says, the preaching of the cross, which is the sacrifice, to those people that perish, oh man, it's foolishness. It's nonsense. But to us who are saved, the preaching of the cross is the power of God. The preaching, the declaration of that sacrifice of Christ, that is the power of God. The word of the cross is the power of God. So, your faith has got to align with the sacrifice, with what Jesus finished. But now let's, let, let's, let, let's, let's break it down a little further. It's got to be aligned. Okay. What do you mean your faith got to be aligned? Who are you? What are you made up of? Is faith just, oh, well, I, I, I think this, but then I'm doing something else? Or maybe I believe this, but then I'm saying something else? Or I say I believe, but in the meantime, my attitude is murmuring. Compl- no, 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 no. Let's capture this now, okay? And this is really important. The scriptures uses this word conversation. To him who orders this conversation, all right, God says, I'm going to show you salvation and deliverance and wholeness and prosperity. Psalms 50 verse 23. Conversation is not just what you speak. It's your thinking. It's your believing. It's your attitude. It's your speaking. And it is your action. Hear me now. When you align your conversation, your thinking, your believing, your attitude, your actions, and your speaking with the finished work, with what is finished, you're ready to go. In other words, your thinking, your believing has to be aligned up with the gospel. Your conversation has to be lined up with the gospel. Philippians 1.27. Your conversation has to be according as it is in heaven. Right? Philippians 3 verse 20. And, then, and it says, Psalms 50.23. When your conversation lines up, God says, I'm going to show you salvation. All right. Now, so you're thinking. Your thinking now has to now agree with the mind of Christ. That's your mind. Let this mind be in you. What does the word of God say? If you're going to think like Jesus, think like the word, think like what is finished, you can't think lack. You can't think poverty. You can't see yourself as a grasshopper or, 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 or a beg. You got to see yourself as who you are, as a king and as a priest unto God. You got to see yourself According to the word of God, I'm above only and I'm never beneath. And then you're believing. You got to believe according as it is written. I believe and therefore speak. Second Corinthians 4 verse 13. Now these things don't happen just like that. You got to train yourself. Amen? But when you train yourself, it's just a matter of time and the harvest is going to show up. Amen? Your attitude. We talked a little bit about that already. Your thinking. You're thinking. Thanksgiving. You know, hmm. We're going to go to this when next week and we talk about some other details about this power to get well. But you know, it says in Deuteronomy 8, verse 18 Remember the Lord thy God that gives you the power to get well. Well, part of Thanksgiving, just to, I'm just, just want to touch this attitude a little bit. Thanksgiving. 
When you thank God for one that gives you, when you are thanking the one, when you are remembering he that gives you the power to get wealth, and you are thanking him, what are you actually doing? You are acknowledging him as your source. And he says when you do that, he'll direct your paths. When you're operating in thanksgiving, like I said before, joy is the effect of faith on your emotion. And it is the effect when you have this positive outcome. You know, I, I, I just did a TikTok on this yesterday, I think it was. Colossians 1 verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has made us partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Break it down. Giving thanks to the Father will cause you to take the part of the inheritance that is yours. Giving thanks always causes you to what? Triumph. Why? Because you see, you're affecting the attitude area here. It affects faith too. And you know, they say, it's a, it's a bit of a worldly saying, but there is some truth to it. Attitude determines altitude. Amen? So, what are we saying? We are saying then that your thinking got to be in line, your believing got to be in line, your attitude got to be in line, your speaking got to be in line. That means you're going to have to call those things that be not as though they were. You can't call it based on what it looks like in the natural. You got to, you're operating totally according to the word of God, according to what is finished, according to what is settled in heaven. That's how you settle it on earth. The mouth of the righteous shall deliver him. Proverbs 12, verse 6. That being the case, you better study to answer. Don't just open your mouth quickly. Be quick to hear, slow to speak. Psalms 2, verse 7. I will declare what the Lord has decreed. Find out what God has said and say it in that financial arena. My God shall supply all my need. The wealth of the witches, the, the wealth of the sinner is coming to the righteous. That's me. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. The treasures of darkness, the hidden riches of secret places. You talk that way. Because when you talk that way, those are seeds. You are pulling stuff out of the realm of the spirit where it's already set. And you are planting it here on the earth. And then it's only a matter of time. And through faith and patience, when you plant that seed and you don't dig it up. And you water it in due time. Here comes the harvest. Think spiritual. It's understanding. James 3 verse 2 says, look, if a man cannot mess up with his mouth, he's a perfect man and he can bridle his whole body. It even goes on to say about controlling the whole course of nature. Go read it. James chapter 3 verse 2. Let me take this opportunity and repeat something I said earlier. It is not by sorrow. It is not by sweat as much as you need to work and so on and so forth. It is not business that brings you out of debt and makes you prosperous. It is the word of God. But can I put it differently? It will say in 2 Chronicles 20 verse 20, believe God and, and listen to his prophets and so shall you prosper. Now I'm not saying this because some man of God says this or no, but I'm telling you, we've got a more sure word of prophecy and it's this book. And it says that you are to war with the words of this prophecy. 
It is the word of the cross that is the power of God. So what I'm saying is, when we align our thinking, our believing, our attitudes, our action, our speaking, and our actions with what is finished, prosperity and increase will be the outcome. How do you align your actions next week? <laughs> right? Faith without works is dead. Abraham's faith came to a place of maturity. Not just by his believing, but by his action when he offered up Isaac. Action. Action. Now, you know, as we talk about action... We're going to talk about generosity. Generosity, the number one principle of prosperity. The liberal soul shall be made fat. We're going to talk about um, in the areas of, of giving and tithing and, 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 and first fruits and alms and honor giving. Giving by revelation. Giving by the spirit leading. Giving according to purpose. And we're going to talk about some of these things that govern what? Action. Because at the end of the day, you can believe right, you can think right. But if there is no corresponding action, there is no fruit. Thank God! Meditation will bring what? Revelation. Revelation will create motivation. Thank God for that. Meditation, revelation, motivation, action. Action. And then when you have action, what comes? Manifestation. Fruit. You can't ignore the meditation. Because without that, you're not going to have revelation. You cannot ignore the revelation. Because you won't even know what to do. Because without the revelation, you're not going to have motivation. If you don't have motivation, all you're going to be doing is you're going to be operating by the letter of the law. Because somebody tell you this or somebody tell you that. And whatever is not of faith is sin anyway. So you need a meditation to get to the revelation, to get to the motivation. But then when you get to the motivation, nobody don't have to tell you. Nobody don't have to push you. Then you can take action. And when you take action, here comes fruit. But no action, no fruit. So yes, you got to believe right. Yes, you got to think right. Yes, you got to have the right attitude. Yes, you got to talk right. But man, action. Say action. Glory to God. So we go to, we're going to go there next week. Is that okay? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Seed time and harvest. It shall not cease. Not, not while we're still here. Not while the earth remains. Glory to God. Oh, I wish this was a word-a-thon. Where we had three hours and we could see this all the way through to the end. But thank God. There is next week. Amen? You make sure you come back next week in Jesus' name. Amen.